Welcome to Exit 425. I am Steve Ray. Our mission here, substantial current affairs information and education that goes where you want it to go. Find the podcast on Apple or Spotify or many other services and find video on YouTube. Content is also on Facebook and Instagram. Please like and subscribe in whatever platform you are using. Today, we're speaking with John Henry, the chair of the regional council for the regional municipality of Durham. John, Welcome and thank you for joining Exit 425 today. Well, thanks, Steve. And I'm, I'm excited about the conversation you and I are about to have. How did your early training as a firefighter and ice rescue specialist equip you for business and then public office? Uh, well, you know, you could narrow it down just to this, this time of COVID. Um, having some background in, in uh, uh, emergency training was really an asset that I could bring forward during this COVID crisis. And so it, uh, the tools that you learned, um, you know, when I learned that, and that was almost 30 years ago when I went to firefighting school, it, it, you know, a lot of that practice carries forward. And, and I'm proud of how we've been able to pull the team together and the work that our CAO and our emergency management office team and all the staff have dealt with COVID. Uh, the, the question, I guess, is how did it, it prepare me for, for uh, the job as, as a councillor and as a mayor and ultimately the chair of the region um, was part of it. There was an, a number of other things that helped me, helped me in, in that facet. Um, you know, I had really good mentors uh, that had spent a lot of time with me, coaching me in my younger, younger days as I, I started my career. And then, of course, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, an amazing family and had an awesome mom. And my mom was involved in everything her kids were involved in. She was involved in the school. She was involved in scouting. She was involved in the sports. And having, you know, being the mom of four kids uh, is busy enough. But for her to find the time to do all the other things, her gift of service to the community was, was simply amazing. So I got to watch her and learn. And then you put all the puzzle pieces together and it, it helped me get to me, get me to where I am today. That's awesome. John Henry is a legendary and somewhat mythical character in the United States known for strength and stamina. What is Durham's John Henry strength and perhaps fuel for legend status? Well, that's an excellent question. I think uh, one of the things that, that I can bring to light right away was the, the challenge of the completion of the 407 when I was in office and Asha was the mayor where they wanted to stop the 407 at Simcoe Street. And how we were able to unite our community in the city of Oshawa and, and take the, the concept of finishing the 407 as promised by the federal government and the great work that Jim Flaherty had done at, at once upon a time to get it out to the 115. And being able to work with a group of people that had a similar vision and, you know, the day that the, the you know, the premier of the province had to come out to the 115 highway and say we're going to do it as it was promised uh, was a great story. Um, I know it's in the past and I, I'm really proud of that and bringing, bringing the team together, as well as I'm proud of the fact that uh, while I was in office in Oshawa, we were able to stop an ethanol refinery from being built on our waterfront. So there's a lot of really good things that you can, you can look back to. But today, I think one of the good things is, is how the teams come together to manage COVID. So, you know, you can find uh, bits and pieces, but I've truly enjoyed every day I've been elected and the ability to make a difference in the communities, not just in Oshawa, but the entire region of Durham. Since 2014, the regional chair is a directly elected position, a rarity and a top job in Canada. Is it better or worse than the old system uh, of being elected by the council? Uh, concerns early on were that the North area, Brock, Uxbridge and Scugog 
would not have as strong a voice with a directly elected chair? I think it's incredibly important that uh, the chair be elected. It's, it's like being a, a mayor or a councillor in another community that you need to get out and hear what's going on. Not only during the election, but after the election, you have to be out in the communities to understand what's happening. Uh, Durham is very different. And we go all the way up to, to Lake Simcoe. So what's going on in the northern part of the region, it can be very different than in the southern lakeshore communities. So uh, it was a lot of doors to knock on. Uh, Durham region is huge. You know, it's mm -hmm. 2,500 square kilometers. I can tell you that I was out uh, out every day, uh, half a day, because I still had the duties of the mayor of Oshawa to, to go out and knock on doors. And during the course of that campaign, I actually walked off about 30 pounds because um, <laughs> you're out. You know, we started the campaign in June and the last day that we finished prior to the election, it was snowing. Um, but it was a lot of work. And, and really, my success is, is also part of the people that believed in me enough to come out and help me, that they believed that the work um, that I had done in Oshawa and then ultimately the work we could do here at the region was important enough that you could get a great team to surround you. And I'm very lucky. I, I have, I had in the last election, I think probably the best campaign team that, that any elected official at the municipal level um, in, in Durham region for sure, but even in the province of Ontario ever had. That's really great because uh, our last guest on Exit 425 and the feature of I'm just a political idiot, Mark Keeley, we talked about owning your democracy and getting involved and he had been involved at very high levels in terms of a, as a professional uh, support person for um, elected representatives, but he talked about how people can get involved. So you just uh, emphasize the importance of that team um, in terms of supporting you and getting you elected. So. Uh, that's something that at every level of government is is critical during election time. You're absolutely right. And then the part of being elected is never forget who elects you. But the greatest gift we have in our democracy in Canada is the power of a vote. When you knock on someone's front door to present yourself during an election and they make a decision to vote for you um, on the day of the election, that is a great gift. And, and each day you have to remember that that, that that is a privilege in this country. It's a privilege to be an elected official and that you, you have to continue to honor the people that voted for you. You'll never make everyone happy in, 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 a, in our democracy, but you know, it's an, it, is, it is probably, and I'm, in my opinion, it's the best democracy in the world where th there is a certain power within our residents and, and a belief that politicians, when they knock on someone's door and present their platforms are gonna do the right things for their communities. Clarington and Exit 425 specifically seems to be quickly becoming the Niagara Falls, New York of Southern Ontario, basically a frontier wasteland. Why does Clarington lack the power to stop this agglomeration of ick, as I call it, when Curtis cannot, cannot even get a fun, accessible waterfront? And what's in it for Curtis and Exit 425? And uh, sometimes seems it's bad enough for Curtis, uh, Curtis seems to be an afterthought in Clarington, but the region as well. So, you know, you're talking about the, the challenges of the EFW and um, building a digester, an anaerobic digester in Clarington. And I just, I just want to touch a couple points. Um, well, I was a regional councillor in, in, in Durham region when the concept of building an EFW came into, into a vision. And prior to that, Council of the Days passed a, 
uh, um, a motion that was passed by council that there'd be no more landfill sites in Durham region. So the council of the day went through a process and came up with a plan to build an EFW in, in, uh, in Curtis. And, and I was there at the time. And I, I, at that time, I didn't support it and voted against it. I was also a proponent at that time of, of creating and uh, mining la existing landfill sites to uh, create, create space, remove the, the hazardous materials, um, send what was there to recycling. On that story, since I've been chair, we have mined and reclaimed a landfill site in Blackstock and returned those lands back to, to the lands they were prior to the dump that was there. So mining landfill sites makes sense. The EFW is built and uh, now we can, we continue to utilize it to get rid of our, our waste uh, that we collect. And part of that was when we built the park, there was land set aside and part of those lands that we still own there will be used for another item, but I'll talk to that in, in a minute, is now to create that next evolution of an anaerobic digester. And, an amor and, and they're done, you can find them, so it's not something new, but it's getting rid of our green bin waste. So you don't have to burn it. So anaerobic digestion, digestion creates, uh, takes rid of all of our green bin waste and creates uh, uh, renewable natural gas. And it works as part of that waste reduction. So we don't have to expand the EFW. And that's where we're, we are right now talking on that. And in all parts of the region of Durham, we have um, facilities that some people may, may or may not like. You know, in yeah. Oshawa, they have, uh, they have a transfer station. Um, there's three transfer stations in Durham region. In, uh, there's a municipal port and an airport. You look at the assets in, the, in, in Whippy. So when you look at the regional assets and how, and how they're divided, you'll find that they're shared uh, amongst different communities. So it's, uh, it's about having a voice. It's about understanding the technology and where we're going. Durham is about to double its size and population. And by doing the right things today, we shouldn't have to double the size of the EFW. We should be able to keep it at the limits where it is now and get rid of all our green bin waste in a way that is, is actually good for the environment where it's done in a closed system where it doesn't stink. And the byproduct is compost and renewable natural gas. So why is this stuff arriving in Clarington? That's, um, you know, like, is there an ability for Clarington to uh, avoid having all this stuff here. Um, I'm not a, an opponent of the FW. Uh, you can improve the technology in the scrubbers um, as needed. Uh, whereas with a landfill site, you can't improve that technology. It's digging a hole in the ground and putting garbage there. Um, so I'm not opposed to it. And the concept of an anaerobic digester is a great idea. Uh, for those of us in exit 425, um, you know, access to the waterfront without having all this stuff right there would be really nice. And, and it's bad enough that we don't, we don't have any really good access to it. Um, but the sense that we're kind of the place where all this stuff goes, it's a little off-putting at least. So, and I get that, but if you were to look at the number of regional assets spread through the region, believe it or not, Oshawa holds the most. Um, so as we look through the region, the region owns that property there. The concept of building an EFW uh, has already happened. So you, we can't go back and fix the past. But going forward, one is we can continue to make sure that it has the best technology possible. 
And then when you're looking at the environment, the, the moving and trucking of the materials that would have to be moved from a anaerobic digester across the region when the land that's there is already owned by the region. And when you drive by the facility, it will be made so it blends with the community. You know, at the same time, we're talking about, you know, what's going on there. We're also talking about uh, OPG moving the regional headquarters to that same space. About a, a large parcel of land that region owns right now, where we're going through the discussions of creating a high tech park to support um, the industry related to uh, small modular nuclear reactors. Um, so there's a lot of things that are happening in Clarington that related to generation of electricity and technology and, and, and attracting businesses there that are being sent there because on the same point, we own the land. So um, it's all, it's, it comes around, if you could move it someplace else and not have the challenges, it's a discussion that takes place, but the two plants will be side, be side by side. And when you drive by uh, the front of the AFW and you drive by the OPG building, they look like buildings that were built to support uh, the area there. So when you talk about this at the same time, we're talking about the challenges of, of downtown Oshawa or Ajax with homelessness. There's, there's things throughout the region that we try to manage. And, you know, there again, I, I can't go back and fix the past going forward. I can only work with council to make sure the absolute best technologies are there to support the environment and the climate challenges that we're having. And there's a need, there's an absolute need to pull our green bin waste out of our EFW, our, our stream, to make sure that one, you gain back that, that, that material that's recyclable too, mm -hmm. and you do it in the best way. So, you know, sometimes I know, and, and I'm, I'm accessible to the people in the region. So I get those calls about, you know, you're looking at, at what's going on in, in, in Curtis. And then, you know, but I'm also dealing with trying to do housing in, in uh, social housing with wraparound services and supportive services in Beaverton that is not you know, not popular as well, but is a really good thing because you can deliver services to the residents that live in the community, in the community versus having to travel 70 kilometers, which, which doesn't really make sense either. So, um, you know, I work with Mayor Foster on a regular basis and, and we're here and we listen. Um, every, uh, you know, I'm available and, and I'm often in, in, in the municipality and, and we try to work together to better, better everything for everybody and do it on a, a, an amazing, very large scale. Because as you know, the region is so large that there, is, there probably isn't a day in the region that we don't have some challenge somewhere. No doubt. And that's, I mean, on top of that, it's uh, so many different types of uh, communities, right? We have very rural and isolated communities as well as uh, totally urbanized. And so that itself uh, brings a number of, of different challenges. So um, is there any way that the region could work with the council to uh, improve access to the Curtis waterfront? Uh, well, abs absolutely. You're aware there's some plans uh, that are in place in, in Clarington right now to do some really big things on the waterfront. And we're excited to work with, with the mayor and his, and his council and, and the staff to make sure that those things happen. Um, you know, the development of the waterfront, uh, I know that the, the person that's, that's involved with this major project down there is excited about going forward. And, and I'm excited too, because it just makes Durham another reason why people should move here and live here. And the other part of it, you said a, a second ago, the region is so large. Well, 
you know, it's this story of the region of Durham and the reason we're not probably in the news every day is because Toronto gets the, you know, the brunt of the news and there's not a lot of networks that cover this area, but, you know, Durham region is the fastest growing region in all of Canada. Our population's about to double in the, in the next few years, I believe faster than what the province is predicting. That within the boundaries of Durham region, we keep 30% of the lights for the province of Ontario on. That, uh, you know, the truck plants building cars as we speak, but at the same time, our farmers are in harvest season right now. Mm-hmm. And in the northern part of the region, our roads are filled with, with vehicles moving goods to markets. Um, that, you know, it's almost a billion dollar market in, in Durham region for agriculture. So while we're, you know, along our lakeshore communities, we have all these things happen, but in the north, they're incredibly busy. Um, you know, we've, we, it's a big part of the economy of Durham and the province. And so not only do we keep the lights on for the people in Toronto, we, we feed them too. Well, and Durham is located strategically within eight hours uh, of driving from, from basically exit 425. You can reach hundreds of thousands and millions of people throughout North America. And so, you know, we're strategically located for growth and, and to support a lot of growth in this part of North America. Um, and I guess that's where a lot of local concerns come from is that, okay, we've got this amazing waterfront. Let's hope we don't do any more to take away from that and kind of lock it in with, uh, as an enhanced asset to um, make it accessible for, for local people here. Um, and, you know, by kind of preceding that growth, you know, it's like building the uh, the park at the school before all the houses go in, um, it, you know, by having that waterfront there and locked in place, uh, as that growth continues and, and this area takes advantage of that strategic location uh, for urban jobs as well as um, rural jobs, then it's there and it's locked in. And I guess that's what people are, are hoping for. That's certainly something that, that uh, I would be looking for is, uh, preparing for what looks like a, a very prosperous future. And, uh, you know, I refer to uh, exit 425 as that gateway to the urban rural fringe and the gateway to Durham in many ways and gateway to millions of people. And uh, as we look outward, like I said, within eight hours of driving, never mind flying or shipping, um, you have access to a market of hundreds of millions of people, which is pretty incredible for any spot. So um, I guess my part of my question is just couched on the idea that in preparation for that growth and before that asset completely disappears or is it's untenable to develop that into something nice that we get it taken care of. And I know um, couple of local councillors, that's one of the things that they would really like to have, you know, locked down prior to the municipal election next fall. Well, you know, the planning today is very different than it was even five years ago. Um, it, the world has changed. People want a different type of lifestyle. That's one of the things that we've been working on, uh, not only with the mayors of, of Oshawa and the mayor of Clarington, uh, Mayor Carter, Mayor Foster, is getting the GO train out to out to Bowmanville and the work that we've done on that file because it, it has been a tough one. 
And you know, as uh, you know, the Go East Go East uh, Rail Corridors is one of the most profitable in the Go Train organization. You would think that they'd be willing to get out to to Clarington uh, quicker than they have. And this has been going on for, I'm going to say, close to 20 years, and it needs to come to an end. You know, we have a chance to build the first of its kind. You know, basically a a transit village built along the Go East extension in in Curtis that would be one of a kind using a transit station as the hub around a, a new development. And it's an exciting opportunity to get, to get it right. So we've created our transit-oriented development office here. We're working with the, uh, the two municipalities. Uh, we're meeting with the, the Minister of Transportation. We've met with well anyone that will listen to us. We're, we're pressuring Metrolinx as much as we can to make sure that we get this right. And when you talk about you know, doing it right, moving people by uh, rail or by bus is incredibly efficient. And as times are changing and as, as house values get, get more expensive, um, still better than they are in the city of Toronto. But for young people, the choice may be not to have two cars in a family. It may be a choice to rely upon effective public transit. That's why we've spent all of this time working on uh, getting this GO train out to where it's supposed to be and where it's promised. And you're right. I'd like to see it done before the next provincial election. Promise has been made. And now we're out there reminding our uh, provincial counterparts that uh, promises have been made. Time has gone past. We're there. We're working with you. We're doing things in the transit world around GoTrain that has never been done before that I'm aware of. And we're making it work. And I'm proud of that. But it, it, it's about proper planning, as you said. You don't want to lose the opportunity to have what you're thinking that, that what should be done on the waterfront in, in Clarington, and that needs to be done in conjunction with having proper transit that makes, makes it work. So we're working hard on that as well. That's awesome. So uh, what is your wish list from the new parliament and, and uh, new with air quotes and uh, newly elected federal government, again, air quotes? <laughs> well, you know, if, if, thank you. And, and uh, you can see there's a bit of a smile on my face, but, um, one of the things I'd like to see is that all the promises that have been made to be kept. There was a lot of talk during the last election by all the parties that things were going to change and things were going to happen. You know, and in that level of government, they know how much money's in the bank and they know what can be done. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that, that the promises that were made um, are promises that will be honored and that we can go forward and work together. You know, at our level of government, at the, at the local level or the regional level, Everything that you've done today in your life is affected by that, those two levels of government. That if you've gotten on a local, local road or turned the tap on and got a glass of water or, or uh, you know, you went to uh, one of our long-term care facilities or, you know, a library, you called police or fire or an EMS, um, health services, garbage pickup, all that is done by us. And, and we try to do, do uh, we do a great job. And then during elections, promises are made at the provincial and federal level where, you know, you sit back and you look at, well, okay, well, that's good. Well, what's going to happen after the election? So the first thing that, that I did in my first meeting with the mayors and the GTHA um, that we meet on a regular basis and, and to deal with COVID was after our COVID time, we have a chance to introduce other items. It was how do we hold the government of the new government accountable for all those promises that have been made? And how do we go forward? You know, we've got challenges with opiates, mental health, homelessness, addictions, uh, gun crime, you know, that, that all have to be addressed. Um, 
you know, when, when somebody commits a crime with a gun or is picked up in a traffic stop that has a gun, they shouldn't be out on bail in the afternoon. That's just my opinion. But there are some huge challenges um, and things that need to be done. So I look at all the promises that are made and my job is going to be at every opportunity to make sure that that message is sent to the MPPs that are in office that we expect here in Durham regions, those promises to be kept. Similarly, as the next provincial vote approaches, what will you be looking for in a prospective government? And I think I can guess the number one item, a promise about the GO train. Well, that's been promised for so long. People have moved out to Durham, especially out into Bowmanville, because there was an announcement four years ago when the premier of the day came to Clarington to say the GO train's coming. It was a big event, Minister of Transportation there, who's now the leader of the Liberal Party in Ontario, who who was there and, 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 you know, those promises have been made. And, you know, we, we have spent, uh, a, you know, a lot of money here at the region uh, trying to plan and work around doing all of this. And it just needs to be done. That people need to be able to move uh, effectively and efficiently and public transit does that. And when you can be in downtown Toronto from, from downtown Bowmanville uh, in about 50 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, what a great way, because nowadays, if you're on the highway, it's going to take you an hour and a half to two hours. And, you know, people deserve that time with their family at the end of the day. You go to work, you, you make a living, but at the end of the day, it's about raising your family and giving, you know, having that dream. And Durham offers that, you know, we offer green space and, and all kinds of great things, libraries and art galleries and parks and waterfronts, not just in Clarington and the Lakeshore communities, but we have waterfront in Port Perry and Chalk Lake and all the way up into Beaverton and all the lakes and, and rivers that are in between. But really, you know, for the government, it, our job is to make sure that we, we meet the needs of our, our residents, the people that live in our communities from coast to coast to coast. And when somebody stands up and makes a promise, and especially when the promises that were made um, at, during the time, the party that was in power when making the promise, you know, the prime minister was making promises during the election. He knows exactly how much money's in the bank and what they can do. So now it's time to, to uh, hold him accountable and, and work with him. Um, and I'm happy here at the region, we'd be happy to work with him and all the things that were promised so that we can make the lives of our residents better. So really in terms of the provincial election, um, you'd like to see shovels in the ground, so to speak, uh, with the GO train, rather than have it as another promise? What would be a secondary thing that you would look for then um, from a perspective provincial government? Well, we're working on our bus rapid transit system, uh, help with our, our long-term care facilities, um, dealing with opiates, mental health, addictions, and crime uh, for both levels of government on the crime part. Um, so there are a number of key things that we need to do to work together. And it, you know, it, it is about working together. It's about uh, establishing and putting the policies in, pay, in place to make things happen. Uh, making sure that, that uh, Durham is heard at Queens Park. You know, we're 704,000 people today. Um, you know, this, as Mayor Foster says, the sun touches Clarington before it touches the city of Toronto. <laughs> that, that we are an important part of the economy of Ontario. And for our residents here in Durham region, it's about, you know, job creation. It's about the opportunities that are there in, in everything from agricultural to power generation to healthcare uh, to advanced manufacturing with General Motors coming back and all those things that come into play. So Durham, Durham is 
one of the economic engines of this province and country and uh, Durham needs to be heard. You know, we've been talking for 50 years ago, almost 50 years ago, the prime minister of the day, also named uh, Premier, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, got, bought some lands, uh, controversial at the time, uh, in North Pickering to build an airport. Well, you know, the time has come when you, when you look at that uh, to, to move on with it. Um, I, I'm a true believer that those lands should be farmed. Um, I believe that a, a, an airport can coexist, but I also believe uh, farming in the future is going to involve large vertical growing operations that you see now in Ontario in different places, uh, down around Leamington where they're growing foods uh, inside greenhouses, around the world where they, they grow food in, 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 in large vertical growing operations. And farming on those lands could be 12 months a year. It could be uh, the ability to build the first carbon neutral airport in the world. It's about moving people and goods. It's about supporting the aerospace industry. You know, we were leaders in the aerospace industry in the world, and now we place 14th. And when you look at the talent pool of this country and what we could do, and, and our record shows it in a number of projects, having an airport uh, in Pickering that was built, purpose built to support the aerospace industry, uh, moving freight, um, the ag industry, a number of other things uh, make sense. If you, if you remove that from from Pearson and you moved it out here, it would it would change the way Pearson operates. So we've got a lot of, uh, getting a lot of support and and uh, you only have to look at what's going on in California if, if you follow climate to look at what's happening at the Hoover, at the Hoover Dam with how they've used, uh, the water levels are, are dangerously low, um, lowest in the history of the dam right now, but what that dam does for agriculture in California and what it does to generate power in Las Vegas and, and parts of California. Mm -hmm. And here, you know, growing a tomato in, in a vertical growing operations um, creates lots of different jobs than just egg jobs, but you use 95% less water growing a tomato indoors. So, you know, the future uh, is changing. Um, young people are coming back to farming. Um, farms are now running off of iPhones. Um, <laughs> it's amazing to see the technology. You have robotic milking equipment uh, where, where cows are, are milked and there doesn't have to be anybody in the building. And Durham leads all of that. So when you put all those puzzle pieces together, it, it, is, a, it is a perfect, it is a huge light at the end of the tunnel. And Durham is perfectly uh, placed to go forward and do really continue to do, you know, to do big things, but big, bold things uh, going forward into the future. And, and by the way, an airport half the size of Pearson would only create about 150,000 jobs. Um, especially airport, I'm not sure how many jobs it would create, but even if we took just part of that aerospace industry out here, those high tech jobs that would be coming out here to support those industries that rely upon skill, talent and ability, which we all have here in Durham region, uh, would be a great way to put young people to, to work. And then, you know, when you look at young people today, um, and I'm sorry for kind of going a little down off the path, but you know, young people today are looking for hope. They're looking for the lives that their parents had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need to create those jobs and opportunities to give a young person a way not to make a fast buck, but to make money for life. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference in that. And we can do better at that. But first of all, we have to work together to create all those opportunities. And for the people that live in the past um, and think the way it should have been, those days are over. And, and to prove that, go back to a rotary telephone. 
you know, that technology is gone. Now you work with an iPhone, right? I remember um, working with board staff when, you know, a few years ago when we were bringing in a new information, uh, student information system, and everybody was all up in arms about this new system and trying to find ways to improve it. And I said to the, the person in charge, I said, you know, in a few years, we're just not even going to think about this. We're just going to use it. And it's, it's uh, you know, when you create the right infrastructure, um, it just happens, right? It, people use it and get used to it. It's not unlike a switching from a rotary phone to, you know, the how many of us actually know people's phone numbers? They just, we just press a button, right? Or speak a name into the phone. Um, so when voters go to the polls next October for the municipal election, um, what John Henry legacy would you like them to think about? And I'm thinking a theme right now is let's get moving. Uh, this might be a John Henry theme for next fall. Let's get moving, thinking of, you know, like get on with the ghost go train, get on with like, let's make a decision about the airport lands and, and move on. Uh, that sort of thing. And of course, all the other things like uh, mental health issues and other health issues that need to be dealt with. But uh, a couple of those big things like uh, let's get on with the go train. Let's decide. Let's move on with this airport lands and uh, and get things settled. So what would you like your legacy to be thought of when we head into that election next fall? Well, I, I think for, for me, and it's, it's a great question, is to work, look at um, what we were able to accomplish more during the most difficult time in this country's history since World War II, that we were able to, to manage COVID. And at the same time, we were able to keep the region open for business to make sure that all the things that our residents rely upon that. You know, we, I talked earlier about, you know, what we do as a region, but, you know, those folks that work here kept the, the water working and the sewer working and the traffic lights. So that we were able to maintain all of that and then work with our health department or our long-term care facilities. I think it's the work that this council's done and, and thank you, but it's, it's really a council legacy. It's not my legacy, but, you know, the contribution to uh, the Bowmanville Hospital to help advance healthcare uh, for the residents in the eastern part of, uh, of Durham region. You know, that commitment was a huge commitment, $37.5 million to, to a hospital. And, and the opposition to that was, well, it's a provincial, you know, the prov province should look after healthcare. But if the province was going to do this, we wouldn't have been able to do it without the municipal partnership. And that, and that takes the ability to work together with, you know, Clarington Council and, and then all the other eight, uh, seven municipalities other than Clarington. To, to bring uh, that vote together to do that. And as we look forward to building for the future, and, and you mentioned it, you lean towards it, but I'll, I'll call it forecasting for the future, knowing where the goal line is five and 10 and 15 years down the road and what we need to do that and everything that we've put in place to make that happen. So I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the work that we've done. Uh, there, it, we're by no means finished. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on, on the healthcare file, on, on opiates and, mental health and, and uh, guns and gangs and, and what we can do. There's some stuff, some work that we don't have responsibility for to control, yet the, the public thinks that, that we do. Um, and it relies upon, you know, the, the, the setting the federal government, making the laws for the judiciary to deal with some of the challenges we're having with drug dealers and, 
and it's not just a Durham issue, it's an issue across this country mm -hmm. and, and drug dealers. So we're working hard on that. So I think going forward, I think it's about what we've been able to do today, but really what we're able to do in the future if we continue to work together as a team to make sure our voices are heard in Ottawa and at Queen's Park, and that Durham is, is a place where people are choosing to move here and live the dream of, of being able to go out in their backyard and kick a soccer ball around with their kids and raise their family and all those things. So really, I think for us, it's about building, it's about what we've built for today, but it's really about building for the future and making sure that uh, we don't, as you mentioned earlier, we don't play catch up anymore. I think one of the things that's really exciting is um, our on-demand transit system. It's an app you can put on your phone in rural areas. It's been recognized by the, by the Minister of Transportation as the best in the country. Mm. That's a really good story. And we've had a number of those where Durham is a leader in, in areas. And I'm excited that we can lend uh, our talents here that have been developed in Durham to other municipalities across this country. So um, next year is a long way away to an election and there's a lot of work to be done in between. And each day I am here Monday to Friday from eight to five. Uh, and then after hours available through, uh, we use our, our laptops and our, our phones after hours to make sure things work. And uh, I'm excited. Another committee of the whole meeting tomorrow will do some good work and a council meeting coming up. And in the meantime, we'll continue to advance the region at every level of government and every opportunity so that we can be heard. John Henry, thank you for joining me. Um, I hope we can continue to meet to discuss issues affecting exit 425. Well, Steve, I'd love to meet with you again, but as an educator, I want to say thank you to you. You know, when I, when I was growing up and going to school, I, I might not have been what I would say the greatest student, um, but my teachers never gave up on me. And, you know, I'm very lucky um, that they, they pushed me and pushed me. And uh, hopefully they got to see uh, what they were able to do, not only for me, but for all of us. And you don't get thanked enough. It's a very tough job. And I'm here in my office today because my teachers, when I went to R.S. McLaughlin High School in Oshawa never gave up on me. And uh, I'm really proud that I can be in this office and pay them back for all the time that they've invested in me. Well, it sounds like you've learned perseverance and uh, you certainly apply that to the various issues that you're dealing with and uh, you stick to it and get things done. So, um, you know, yay for those teachers for teaching you the perseverance and, uh, and you, you for applying it. So, Thank you so much for, for being here. Um, this interview will be available on Instagram and Facebook under the Exit 425 banner. It will also be available as a podcast under Studio 38 Audio's Exit 425. Look up Studio 38 Audio or Exit 425 on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Please do not forget to like and subscribe. Uh, to John and everyone listening, thanks again for joining me on Exit 425 current affairs, information, and education that goes where you want it to go. I'm Steve Ray. Thank you.